The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. My name is Mike Rogers, and here's this week's edition of The Welsh Wire with Sherry Welsh. Today, we're here with Tom Olive, President and CEO of Crystal Flash in Grand Rapids. Tom, welcome to The Welsh Wire. Good afternoon, and thank you. Glad to have you here. It's wonderful to share, and thanks for joining us today. So tell us about Crystal Flash, Tom, and your role here at the company. Crystal Flash is going on about 85 years now that we've been in business here in West Michigan. Crystal Flash started out with a one-truck fuel distribution company, expanded and grew into uh, service stations, then convenience stores. In the mid-80s, we got into the LP business and are now uh, one of the, the largest propane retailers in the state of Michigan. Wow. Then about 2001, we exited the convenience store business and went back to our roots. So today mm-hmm. we are 270 employee owners as a 100% employee-owned company focused on the distribution of fuels, diesel, gasoline, propane, are our specialties. And uh, via some of our acquisitions, we've also taken a significant position in lubricants so we can service a full range of petroleum product needs. Wow, quite a lot of changes in the organization in the past several years, correct? It has been a steady evolution for the company and and certainly the last three years have been uh, quite different. We were a family-owned company for those first 81, 82 years, uh, three generations of leadership from uh, from the founding family. Mm. And as they decided to, what they wanted to do and how they wanted to uh, proceed uh, going forward, they decided they wanted to pursue employee ownership and to transfer this uh, wonderful company to the folks that had helped them to build it over the decades. So, so in terrific. 2016, we became a 100% employee-owned company. So ESOP. An, an ESOP. An ESOP company. Oh, that's fantastic. So did that happen prior to you joining or just about the same time you joined? Or There was a, a, a very much a, a very thoughtful and very planned kind of progression. The, the third generation uh, family member who had been running the company, had been involved for over 40 years, been running the company for probably 20 five years. Wow. He knew he was nearing his uh, retirement and wanting to do some different things when, in the uh, next chapter of his life. Mm-hmm. So uh, the company recruited a, a, a new senior executive, the role that I have the privilege of filling with the team. And then about a year later, we actually completed the transaction to the ESOP. Wow. So you came three years ago into an 80-year-old company that was definitely going through some transition. You've had the privilege and the honor to lead a lot of that transition. Um, they had a strategy in mind right up until the point of the ESOP, but at some point then the strategy and the execution of that strategy kind of becomes yours. Absolutely. And the employee owners of the company. Absolutely. And you were probably revisiting. We we did. Uh, we took that first year, at least I personally took that first year and made sure that I came to understand the people, came to understand our mm-hmm. customer base and uh, the, the the business that we are in and a number of the key processes that we have going on. So really focus on that people process and the business. Mm-hmm. And then after uh, about a year, uh, the the new leadership team and myself, and this was immediately after the ESOP. So it was a great time because mm-hmm. we were a new company, uh, literally and technically. And so we took some time to really step back and say, what is our purpose? What, what, what is our vision? What are our values? 
And the great part about it was we didn't change anything wholesale. In fact, we took a lot of what was in place and and adapted it. Um, maybe you could say we we updated it in in places, but it wasn't a wholesale refurbishment. It was really a, an, an updating, a refinement. And so we had a privilege again of starting from a, a very sound foundation. Um, the key thing that that I wanted to try to bring to that and add to that is really deploying that strategy. So once we decided what the strategy is, what those key action plans are that we want to pursue, how do we deploy that? How do we take that out to now 270 people? Uh, we had been very much an open book company, and so there was a general familiarity with our our finances and, and a lot of, of uh, the general direction that the company was headed in. But we wanted to refine that and, and make sure that folks as beneficial owners – felt like and acted like employee owners like they had a stake in the game here. Right. So you're saying that over over time in past years they did feel pretty much like that but it was a concern for you to carry that on. There was certainly uh feelings of that in in pockets and and anytime you're working in a in an, that you're not an owner and you don't have a direct stake in the game it's harder to make that connection. Yeah. And so we made some changes in how we do bonus structures and focused it on uh, one uh, kind of focal point. It's also tied to how the health of our company and the health of our valuation as an ESOP. And, and then again, we wanted to try to help folks understand what they do on a day-to-day basis, the actions they take, how they tie to our strategies, and how those action plans will then ultimately, hopefully, deliver positive outcomes for everyone involved. Right, right. So a lot of the strategy and the idea of where you want to take things, it, there's ideas bubbling up from the employees all the time. But as senior leaders in the organization, it was up to you to sort of really chart a course with input from your team as to where you thought the organization should go. And you implemented a process for strategy development with the leadership and that input from your team um, that you learned pretty early in your career. It's a pretty prescribed way of operating that you... It is. It is. And sometimes you uh, feel like a one-trick pony, perhaps, because <laughs> I've had this uh, toolbox, this tool in the toolbox and used it uh, a number of stops along the way. But... Uh, Early in my career, after graduate school, I was with the Procter & Gamble company for a number of years, and this was in the late 80s, early 90s, Then, and they were working with a tool they called the OGSM, Objectives, Goals, Strategies, and Measures. And then a little later in my uh, career, I had another turn and worked with somebody who actually came out of the craft organization, uh, and and he had something he called Cascade Objectives. And lo and behold, the two, the two tools were, were the same, not surprisingly. Right. They, they came different names. Different names. Uh, yeah, uh, different identities there. Uh, but really what they both came from, I think, and really grew out of were that mid-1980s uh, Kaplan and Norton balanced scorecard approach. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the foundation uh, for, for a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And then it was the deployment tools and how do you, how do you take those great ideas and those strategies, those action plans that you want to see implemented – and and explain them and boil them down and put some metrics around them. So what we have uh, developed here and uh, used, deployed here within Crystal Flash is what we now call our cascade objectives. And on an annual basis, we um, we will look at what are our primary few things that we want to get done, and then we build action plans to to get us there. And so we take the strategies or those action plans. We assign accountability uh, to a senior leader in the company, and by definition, then that cascades on down to to other levels. We put specific metrics around that, target metrics, our objectives, what we're trying to achieve, and and timelines. 
And then on a, a periodic basis, a monthly basis for most of those metrics, we actually measure how are we progressing. And on a quarterly basis, then take a, a, a step back, take a little bit of a timeout, and, and look at how are we doing on this scorecard? How are we doing on our, our Cascade Objectives scorecard? Now, the beauty of the Cascade Objectives is all of those action plans and those metrics and, and recountabilities at the top level, at the company level, at the senior executive level, can then be broken down into smaller steps, smaller mm, action plans, sure. right? And so this uh, past year, we've actually developed what we, we call a plan on a page because everything has to have an acronym. It's a POP. <laughs> but basically all that is, is it's a casket, set of cascade objectives at another la- layer down lower. And in fact, we have all 270 employees this year with a single page, plan on a page, that outlines their three big ideas that they want to contribute to the success of the company. Whoa, that's great. What they're what they want to do. But every one of those three big ideas have to come out of and trace right back to the cascade objectives. And it would be in their functional line of um of line of sight on on that cascade. So you don't have an operations person necessarily working on a sales objective. They sure. could, and there may be a situation where, where that would happen, but that's the idea and where the, the cascade concept comes from is it starts from the top of the total right. company, goes down through the functional executives, and um, then rests with the frontline employees with folks that are really going to get stuff done on a day-to-day basis. Right. Wow. This had to be a radical change from the way strategy was handled prior under the family ownership. Correct. It, it, um, yes and no. And again, we really had a, a great foundation and we were, we were blessed there. There were, there was very clear, thoughtful, uh, directions that we wanted to go as a company. I think what sure, we've tried to add. But this is different. Yeah. This what is very different. What this is different. And what we've tried to add here is we've tried to add that personalization mm-hmm. and that connectiveness or that line of sight so that, um, if I'm a, if I'm a tank setter or if I'm one of our fuel oil drivers or our propane drivers, I can understand that what I'm being asked to do, the metrics I'm being asked to pursue are uh, heading us into or are directly linked to the overall company's objectives. And that if we add those all up across 270 people, right. we're going to get to the goal line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did that um, – was that hard to implement along the way? Because th- this was a big company, the, the Cascade Objectives, kind of a big company strategy development tool. You've made it sound very simple for small business and cascading it down all the way to your frontline employees. I mean, it probably helps everybody to get it. Mm-hmm. But was the implementation of that a little tricky? Well, tricky in the sense that – I came into it with really a three-year time frame in mind. Okay. So in year one, we did a corporate cascade objectives, and I only did that with the senior team, with the executive team. Okay. And as we implemented it the first year, I also had a very light hand in editing, I would say. If somebody had a, a an action plan and they wanted to put it on the cascade objectives, we put it on there. What we learned and what I had kind of experienced previously is – that was not going to be sustainable. There was too much stuff on it. It became a to-do list. So as we came around to year two, working with the senior executives, we really edited it that down. We tightened that list down and and had a much sharper focus on fewer key things that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. 
as we went through year two, then we talked about that cascade objectives, those cascade objectives. We shared that scorecard periodically uh, with the full team. And again, this is also we're going through the transition of becoming a 100 percent employee owned company and, and, right. and driving that in year two. Now, Sherry, what we were doing uh, related, but we had not yet connected the dots for our folks is we started putting a number of scorecards in place with our frontline team. In, in different areas, uh, driver metrics, customer service metrics, um, our, our marketing uh, reach and, and, and metrics there. And so we started to try to train the team, condition the team to this idea of having scorecards and having metrics. And then it really wasn't until year three that we brought the whole package together. In third year, we were that much better and that much sharper at the top-level corporate set of objectives. We were able to cascade that down more precisely and enabled us to complete those 270 individual plans on a page. And then the idea that we were going to look at these monthly, measure our our results, our contributions to the company on, on, on a scorecard was now kind of supported and accepted as the way we're going to do business here within Crystal Flash. So... If one had tried to do all of that in the first year, I would wager it'd be a miserable failure. It would have been too much, much, wouldn't have all fit together, intellectually overwhelming. So by doing it sequentially, by taking a a three-year time horizon and view towards it, we've been able to bring it along and bring folks along, and and now in 2018, uh, we're having some, some good success, and we have folks across the company, understanding the scorecard concept, wanting to win on the scorecard, one of our three uh, visions that we've laid out, uh, which is to to win with the customer, win together as a team, and to win on the scorecard. That's our, our, our vision. And so, again, that starts to make sense. So these words we had three years ago right. now click in and, and fit in together on a day-to-day basis. Right. Uh, that has got to be transformational. To the way you run your business. It is, and, and it's it's been fun. It's been interesting. We've had some comments like, oh, you know, now I understand why you're asking me to do that. Or you go through uh, reviews, and, and some folks will say things like, oh, wow, that's the best review I've had in years because it, it's oh. based on this data, and I can see what you're asking me to do and how it fits into the into the big picture. And so – not different here at, at Crystal Flash than I've observed at other places. Uh, like I said, one trick pony. When you get a trick that works, you keep uh, you keep riding that one. Uh, but but it is it is a good system. It is a good process to deploy from strategy down to the the daily, weekly, monthly activities of your teammates. Right, taking it from the boardroom all the way down to the front lines, basically. So, what were some of the unexpected surprises and delights along the way as you implemented this? What what moments did you have that made you say, ah, that's good stuff? You, you always anticipate, I guess, resistance or that's not the way we've done it in the past. Sure. And what's gratifying to me or heartening is to uh, when I go out to our, our, our local offices and I'll be talking to folks and they'll say, wow, th- this is really helpful. This helps me engage in a conversation mm. with my local team. And it's kind of cool to have this this data and have a data-based conversation uh, so it isn't what we remember or or what we think or right. you know some of those uh, uh, more an, um, it's more analytical as opposed to the the analog stories here 
So I think that's been uh, really delightful and and a lot of fun to see. I mentioned about how you can connect it into the performance review process. Yes, that's got to be huge. We're partway through that that journey, and uh, that'll get ever more stronger. I think the other thing we're anticipating and, and, and heading towards is just reducing the sheer amount of paperwork involved in the performance process. Because if I'm doing a monthly check-in against these metrics and I'm doing the right metrics. And there's only three things I'm really concentrating and working on. uh, Along with some personal development and and, and behavioral development elements, it's it's a pretty quick and easy conversation. But I've been having that conversation with you for 12 months. It's not once every 12 months. That's right. It's every every one of those 12 months. That's right. It's ongoing. Yeah. And a, and a lot of organizations are moving away from that annual performance review and moving into a system more like this. But I love the way you tie this all together. Um, so if you are um, talking with a small business owner, leader who says, I'd love to do something like this in my organization to really change the way we handle strategic planning and find a way to connect it all together. Cascade objectives makes a lot of sense to me, right? What would you suggest to someone who would want to start on a journey like this? Because I bet there's some things that you've learned along the way that you would definitely do or definitely not do. Well, two two things I would say first is I'd pick up the Kaplan and Norton uh, balance scorecard book. It's, okay. it's a classic at this point in time. Uh, and I would read some of down the best things that. are in the classics, though, Tom. Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I, I, I would really strongly suggest that, or at least a, a Harvard Business Review summarization of of their work. And certainly, they've been at this for years, so they've they have refined it over over time. Right. And, and so there's some good summaries out there. So that basically you get the idea of what is the balance scorecard. And it's more than just the financial numbers that I'm looking at here. Yeah. We want to get a, a variety of, of metrics up there would be one. The other thing that I would suggest, and this is a real easy read, but uh, The Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish mm. is another really good book uh, built more for entrepreneurial and and startups in its in its uh uh, structure and and its context, but the concepts are the same. Yeah. A, you just kind of scale that up or down to whatever size company you are. So I think those two uh, tools would be two places that I would start and places I'd read. And I'm sure there are others out there, but there are two that I know were foundational for me in, in starting this journey. Yeah, it gave you a lot of framework from which to put your own spin on the process that you call cascade objectives. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially that Rockefeller habits, because um, uh, Harnish talks a lot about the tempo and the rhythm and the cycle. It's not just about the tool. It's about how to use it uh, right. in that context. So those would be two places that I would start. Uh, after that, I would suggest be patient. Uh, take mm-hmm. a two or three year time frame in mind as you're doing this, particularly the, the more mature the organization or the longer its mm-hmm. habits may have been formed. You're going to be asking to change hearts and minds here. So uh, be very cognizant of that. The, the second thing, and I mentioned this earlier, is start big, have too much on the list, understand that you're going to have too much on the list of the cascade objectives and then narrow it down over time as you learn to use the tool and really focus on what those few key important things are mm-hmm. to to achieve your your objectives for the year or the time frame you're you're choosing year just generally fits well in a in a, a business context yeah. uh and then i think the the third thing is have the fortitude to take it all the way down to the front line it's it's so easy to stop at the corporate level or stop at the mid-level managers but there is wonderful power to be released by believing in our people and oh, seeing the great work that 
that our team's doing here at Crystal Flash. Now, again, we have that that kicker and that bonus that we're an employee-owned company, so everybody has a stake in the game through their uh, through their beneficial ownership, through the retirement plan and the ESOP. Right. But I, it's not required. I've, as I said, I've done this in other environments, done it in corporate environments, and it works equally well. But the further you can take it into the organization and tie their day-to-day activities to the big picture. I think the more powerful it it proves to be. Sure, sure. So looking back over the past three years and what you've accomplished together in all of this, could you point to one big win that came out of this process that you're really proud of your team about or an accomplishment you had as an organization that just, you know, this is is the single biggest thing that I really say would be top for us. What, What would that be? I think this process, the Cascade Objectives and the strategy deployment we've been talking about, really helped to facilitate us going from the family-owned company to a employee-owned company okay. that's really focused on our, our key objectives. We know where we're going. Folks are fired up and turned on. They they know what to do on a day-to-day basis. And it's it's proven out in three consecutive years of of record earnings growth. Mm, and so wonderful. we're really uh, you know blessed by that and, and blessed to have a great team that's excited to come to work every day and Bring the energy that powers our our customers' success. You bet. So, do, putting the ESOP in alone could have been a great success. Putting Cascade Objectives in by itself could have brought great success to the organization. But when you put those two together, there was some real magic. I think it has been for Crystal Flash, and we've, uh, as I keep saying, we're blessed by a great team. They've been willing to try new and different things, this being one of them, and uh, it really seems to have worked out well for us. So we'll see if we can keep the string going. I think you can. You're off to a great start here into year four. So, Tom, when we start talking about attracting talent to the organization, everyone is looking for for good talent to join their companies right now. And it seems to me that you might have a unique selling proposition, not only with your ESOP as an organization, but the Cascade Objectives plan and the way you cascade down involvement, participation, um, really the growth in the future of the company and kind of put it in the hands of those employees. What does that mean when you're talking to new recruits for Crystal Flash? I think having the uh, clarity of our strategy and the strategy deployment has been a big plus because you're able to sit across the table from a prospective new hire, someone you're recruiting, you really want to join the organization, and you're able to lay out a very clear, tangible path. Uh, I'm avoiding the word vision here on purpose because that has a dual meaning here, but you're able to lay out a very clear path, a set of actions, a very logical string of events, and they can see where they can plug into that, right. be whatever their functional uh, specialty may be. Uh, they can uh, determine the probability of success and, and can see how you're going to measure going forward as a team and as individuals. So I, I think it's a very tangible way to work with prospects, folks that you're recruiting, and to uh, speak to them very logically, and then they're able to participate in that path. Right, right. And I would imagine it's probably pretty exciting and energizing for the right people that you want on your team. We've had the privilege of bringing a few new folks onto the team due to just retirements and, and natural turnover, and I am thrilled with the folks that have chosen to join us. And yes, I do believe being able to articulate that path forward was a clear differentiator for them and a reason they were willing to 
hitch their wagon to Crystal Flash right. and come and be part of this journey. Right. That's excellent. So, Tom, for listeners, leaders and companies, presidents, CEOs, owners of organizations, maybe companies that are in transition like yours was a few years ago with changing from being an 80-year-old business that maybe wanted to do some things different, changing ownership structure, all those kind of things, and it thinks that Cascade Objectives could provide some answers or some solutions for them to use a process like this. If they had questions about that and wanted to ask you more about that, would you be willing to be available and talk to someone and share your two cents? Absolutely. That's one of the great joys is to be able to uh, give back to folks. That, certainly, we didn't create this. We learned it from others. And so if we can if we can pass it on, we'd be more than happy to do that as, as a senior team, uh, me personally, and we'd welcome that opportunity. That's great. So how could folks get a hold of you? Should they email you? That would be great. It's- What's your email address? Tom O, T-O-M-O, at crystalflash.com. Crystal Flash is one word. And we'd welcome the opportunity to uh, to share our story. We're very excited about it. Super. Well, congratulations on all the success that you've had, and we wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Sherry. Thanks for being with us today on The Welsh Wire. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.